Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Steve. I think I'm all good. We can hear, can hear me? Fantastic. Well, I love coming up to preach the gospel straight after communion, straight after incredible worship. So I just feel like your heart's already ready. I don't have to do the hard work. I'm not a podcast that you're just turning into. I don't have to get your hearts ready to, pre- uh, to receive the word. It's ready. What an incredible privilege we have as a church to have such incredible worship leaders. You know, people like Christy, that can just bring such a great word, communion. But if your heart is still not ready, let's pray right now. Let's get it ready. Because what I love about the Holy Spirit is that during the week, I seek Jesus, I seek the Holy Spirit. What word do you want me to preach? And I, to the best of my ability, I put it together as creativity as I can. What I know is that even if I fumble my words or I make mistakes, it's the Holy Spirit's job to translate it into your heart. My job as a preacher is to seek God for a word for this church. Your job in this moment is to open your heart and say, yes, Jesus, I'm listening. So whether I preach it, to the best of my ability or whether I make mistakes, it doesn't matter. The, the Word of God never returns void for the heart that is ready to hear it. So, Father, we thank you for the beautiful moment that we had in worship. And we thank you for the beautiful message of communion, the reminder, Jesus, that you, you paid the price for us. Right now, here in this moment, as well, Lord, we just... Prepare a heart to receive the message that you have for us. God, we are all on different paths of life. Some of us know you, some of us don't know you. But God, you will translate this word to the way that we as individuals need to hear it. So speak to us. Come now in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for God if you're ready for the word. We thank the worship team. I'm really excited to preach this message because this is actually my first time this year I've preached on this stage. Can you believe it? Um, I've done a lot of online messages, which is still just as powerful, but um, I'm extra excited to do this, so I hope you're ready. But hey, December has arrived and Christmas is finally here. And this month we're talking into the theme of the thrill of hope. And it is our job as Christians, as a church, as individuals, particularly at this time of year, to talk about Jesus, who is the true hope of the world. And one way that we're going to do this this Friday is at our C3 Cares um, service. They are hosting a lunch here, a Christmas lunch. We are delivering a message of hope. Uh, We are giving out uh, Christmas hampers. And uh, Pawanti, can you please stand up? Let's put our hands together for C3 Cares team. If you are available this Friday, what time? 8.30 to 2 o'clock to serve, even if it's just for half an hour or an hour. Please see Pointy at the end of the service. I should love to give you more information. And as a church, let's pray into that space because, yeah, we're going to feed people. We're going to deliver a message of hope. And it's going to be a great time here in the house of God. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open it up to the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, a gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are going to be reading from chapter 16 from verse 13. But before we read this, uh, let me just remind you of a definition of these words, thrill and hope, because it'll help us to see today in our opening passage how 
the disciple Peter, who we're going to be reading about, it's going to help us to see how he had his very own thrill of hope moment when he was with Jesus. So the definition of the word thrill is a sudden feeling of excitement and pleasure. A sudden feeling of excitement and pleasure. Like when you open up that perfect Christmas present and you've wanted that thing for so long and someone's been so thoughtful, it's that thrill of excitement and pleasure. Thank you for that great gift. Or when you jump out of an aeroplane and the parachute opens and you land safely, who's done that? It's that thrill. I'm alive. What an exciting feeling of pleasure. (laughs) The definition of the word hope or a definition, there's many. A feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. That's a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. Like when I bought my wife's engagement ring, I was hopeful that she would say yes. (laughs) I had that that expectation and desire that she would say yes, and she did. And I hope she continues to say yes for the rest of our lives, which I know she will. How could she not? All right, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13, up to 19 for now. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, uh, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, and I believe he declared this so boldly, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So awesome. Everyone say thrill. What a thrill for Simon Peter. What a feeling of excitement and pleasure. He's just had this revelation from God in heaven that this man Jesus who he's with is the Son of God. And Jesus has just confirmed this revelation in front of all the disciples. What a thrill. Peter is walking with and talking with and being discipled and following the very Son of God. And Jesus then says, And I tell you that you are Peter. He changed his name, which means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everyone say hope. Oh, what incredible hope has filled Peter's heart. What a feeling of expectation and desire he has for the kingdom of God to destroy all evil. And he's probably thinking about how Jesus is going to overturn the Roman Empire and destroy every fake idol and remove every corrupt leader. And we're off to see Jesus crowned with power to take over. But that's not what Jesus meant. Cheers, Brody. Let's thank Brody. So that's not what Jesus meant. He wasn't going to take it over by force and by power. Let's keep reading from verse 20 to 23. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. And from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, 
the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now check out this next part, all right? This is exciting. This shows how pumped up on hope and excitement Peter is. It says, Peter took him aside, this is Jesus, and began to rebuke him. So even though Peter had a revelation from God in heaven, who this man Jesus was, he still had the tenacity to pull him aside and to rebuke him. He said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get this, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You did not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. We're doing a mic swap. Praise God. I right, turn to the person next to you now and say, well, that's awkward. <laughs> From the thrill of hope, Peter, you are a rock that I'll build my church on to just five verses later. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, enemy. You are a stumbling block to me. Isn't it crazy how one moment can change everything? You can have hope in something or someone, but it doesn't go the way you had planned or desired. In this case, Peter went from being high on the thrill of hope for the immediate future to now being confused because apparently Jesus was going to die on a cross. Hope. Now, has anyone been watching the FIFA World Cup? I know Christy mentioned it. Who got up at 6am this morning to watch the Socceroos versus Argentina? Oh, what a thrill. That game was insane. And to be honest, I thought we were just going to get absolutely flogged because uh, we just the odds were so against us. Argentina are one of the favourites to win the World Cup. And um, just getting to this next round was a huge achievement for the Socceroos. And we started really well. And I like had this hope, like, oh my goodness, like we even got one nil up against France. Like I had this hope, we can do this. And um, then this guy, I'd never heard of him called, called Lionel Messi. Who's that guy? On $1.2 million a week. What? He scored a goal for Argentina. And I just felt the hope just, oh, just leave me. And, um, and then I'm trying to remember the game now. And then we had a bit of a goalkeeper error, error in the second half. And that's when my hope just fully left. I was like, no way, we're not going to win this game. And um, then we scored this lucky goal in the second half. It was a deflection that went in and this hope picked up inside of me again. And for the next like 20 minutes, the Socceroos were trying their hardest to get that equaliser. And we had these two incredible opportunities. Um, Emily was just screaming. Like whenever we watch a game and we're about to score, she just goes, ah! So she's just screaming and they did all this. They were so lucky not to um, concede Argentina. But um, hey, we end up losing the game. I was so proud of the Socceroos. What a great World Cup. But sport is just that roller coaster of emotions, of just hope and then feeling defeated and hope and feeling defeated. And I love soccer. I played it uh, when I was around seven years of age up to about 22 years of age. And uh, I played at some pretty high levels for Canberra. Like I represented ACT a couple times. I was no Daniel Fulton who plays for like Australia uh, for futsal, but, um, but for Canberra, it was pretty good. And um, one tournament I loved every year was a youth tournament called the Kanga Cup. Any youth out there played in the Kanga Cup? Yep, right there, there's a couple. So this is what I read on the website. 
the Kanga Cup is the largest international youth football tournament in the Southern Hemisphere. So a team comes all, like, all over the world from like China and New Zealand and uh, Japan and it's just this massive youth tournament. And in my last year of being able to play in the Kanga Cup, so I must have been 17 or 18, my team got to the grand final and it was played on the synthetic pitch at the AIS. Now that was a big deal at the time for a youth to play on the AIS pitch synthetic. I mean, these days kids have like synthetic pitches at their school, it's crazy. But um, back then it was like, wow, this is the moment of a lifetime. And the game was tight. And at the end of full time, it was a draw. Went into extra time, it was a draw. And so the game, the grand final went to penalty shootout. And I was one of the penalty kick takers for my team. Everyone say thrill again. What a sudden feeling of excitement and pleasure, or maybe more like pressure. <laughs> what an opportunity of a lifetime for a youth who, who loves the Kanga Cup. What an opportunity to take a penalty and be the hero for my team to win a grand final. Everyone say hope. Oh, the hope of winning a Kanga Cup grand final. This is what dreams are made of when you're 17 and you've been playing in this tournament for over a decade. And so, Thank you, Jenna. Prop time. Woo! You'll remember this message now. So I grabbed the ball and it was my turn to go to the penalty spot. It's like a 30 metre walk, but it feels like 30 kilometres because everyone is just watching you and the pressure is building and you're shaking. Uh, all the parents are watching. Mum, I don't know if you remember this moment. And so I got in front of the goal and I put the ball down. And everyone's watching me. It was my turn to take the penalty. Kanga Cup Grand Final, big deal. I don't think it was televised, but big deal. <laughs> so I ran up and I took my penalty and I kicked it to the right. And the goalkeeper dove to the left. Half the battle's won, but the ball kept going to the right and the right. No, and to the right. And it hit the post and to my horror, it deflected away and I lost the Kanker Cup Grand Final for my team. I had taken dozens and dozens of penalty kicks over my soccer career. But why is it that I only remember the ones that I missed? Why, as humans, is it so easy to remember the failures instead of the successes? Like, why do we often define Peter, who we just read about, by his mistakes, not his successes? Because, you know, we all remember he was rebuked by Jesus. We remember Peter denied Jesus three times before the rooster cried. We remember Peter started sinking in the water. What little faith Peter had. We remember the disciple Thomas. What do we call him? Doubtful Thomas. Because of one moment, we define him. He was doubtful Thomas because of one moment. Why do we focus on that one bad investment decision you made when so many other ones went well? Why do we focus on that one mean thing that friend or family member said when they've said hundreds of nice things over our whole relationship? Why do we define ourselves from that one big mistake we made when Jesus has paid the price for it and we don't have to define ourselves from that one mistake we made? Why do we doubt God's provision in this season when He's provided every other time? 
Like I know interest rates have gone up crazy this year. I know repayments have gone up crazy, but God will still provide for you if you believe. Now you might not be able to keep all Netflix, Stan, Disney Plus, KO. You might have to make some sacrifices, God forbid, but God will still provide for you if you believe. Yes, you made that mistake as a parent once, but you've still done a great job overall. I'm just trying to give some examples to help you think about that time you had hoped for something. But when circumstances change or you made a mistake, you got discouraged and you lost that hope in that dream or desire. Where have you lost your hope? Do you still believe that God wants you to live a joyful and blessed life? Do you still believe that God loves you? Do you still believe that God has a great plan for your life and He can use you? Like, do you still believe that the future is bright? Do you still have hopes and dreams that you're working towards? Or have you given up and life is now boring routine with no thrill or no hope? And maybe you lost hope in any of these areas or something else that you're thinking about right now. And maybe you've never even had hope in some of those areas. But today is a day where you can choose to get your hope back in the Name of Jesus, because Jesus Christ is hope. And look, just because Peter got it wrong in this moment we read about, just because Peter had the wrong expectation of how Jesus was going to save the world, even when Peter felt shut down, embarrassed, probably humiliated in front of the other disciples, unsure about the future and how it was all going to work out. What I love is how if you continue to read from that point on the Gospel of Matthew, Peter is continually there in every moment where Jesus is performing miracles. Because in this moment where he was rebuked by Jesus, Peter decided to keep believing. He decided that he would keep becoming a disciple of Jesus. And because he kept following Jesus, even though, like I mentioned, he made many mistakes. He denied Jesus. Uh, he, he was unsure when Jesus was crucified, what would happen. Uh, God still used him in incredible ways. And he still fulfilled his calling by proclaiming the news of the Gospel and building the church, which you can read about in Acts chapters 2 and 3. And maybe today you need to make that decision to put your hope in Jesus, even if you don't understand why life has happened to you the way it's happened. Maybe you're feeling held back in life because of unforgiveness. Maybe you're feeling stuck because of fear for the future. Maybe there's a past regret or mistake that you need to let go of. But today it's time to get that thought out of your head and the hope of Christ into your heart. If I can grab the worship team to come up. It's time to get that thought out of your head and the hope of Christ into your heart. And so as I draw to a close today, I really wanna spend some time and open up the altar, have some ministry time for you to respond to this message. Anyone who wants to come up to receive prayer, and receive the hope of Christ again for something in your life. Because maybe you've let go of it in some area. Whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. Where have you lost your hope? And what I want you to do when you come up here, if you feel like you want to respond, 
is I want you to bring that negative thought and that situation with you onto this altar. Because, Addy, we're going to put verse 23 back on the screens now. Remember out of our scripture today, Matthew chapter 16, and I want you to use these words of Jesus and say them to that thought. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And I believe that as we worship together and as you receive prayer, I believe that God is going to take that thing away from you and put hope back into your heart again. So why don't we all stand to our feet right now? Why don't you close your eyes if you feel comfortable? We're going to spend some time in worship right now. And if that's you, if you know you need to respond and come down to this altar to bring that, that thought with you, please, please respond. Let me pray over you. Because I believe God's going to do some incredible things in your life in this moment. So if that's you, please come now as the worship team play. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.